Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. I'm super excited to be talking with Sonia Thalman today. I have known Sonia for several years now, and she's now one of the marriage coaches on our team at Marriage Helper. And so we're going to be diving into several topics today, especially in the line of working on your pies from her perspective as a coach, but also even her perspective as someone who also focuses to work on her pies. So Sonia, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. Absolutely. Well, tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what led to your journey to becoming a marriage helper coach. Awesome. Yes, I would love to share that. And I'm going to I'm going to warn you that this is a really long answer. And so because um, I want to start Go how I how I found Marriage Helper. And so it was back in 2020 during the COVID crisis, and I was laid off of my marketing position. And I had already been working at home for a year. So just really trying to figure out what my next steps were. And I came across Marriage Helper through a job search and um, had some interviews with Gemma and with Kimberly. And so I initially started with Marriage Helper in a marketing role. And um, it was then at that point, about a year when I decided to transition out of that role. Now I'll explain how that came about. And Kimberly, you may remember me sharing this with you when we met for coffee, when I was showing interest in becoming a coach. And you did a podcast with Alex Judd. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that Alex Judd said that he was explaining that somebody else said to him was, how do you define success? And he said that he learned to define success on doing what God has called you to do. And so in during that moment, I was really sitting and wrestling and praying about where, what, what my calling was, what was I called to do? What is my purpose? And I had loved, just grown into loving the culture of Marriage Helper and the mission, Marriage Helper's mission, and then also thinking about my own situation and how I could further my purpose using my story. And so that's how I came to become a Marriage Helper coach. Now, this is a um, part two to the answer to this question. There are, in our three-day workshop, there's breakout sessions. And on the last day of breakouts, there's two questions. And those questions are, tell us a time that you did the right thing. And then another question is, um, what does God want you to do about your marriage? And so over the last several months, I've changed my answer when I'm in breakouts as a breakout leader. And I decided to change my answer because I felt as though um, I was, I was, well, let me back up. So doing the right thing. 
doing the right thing as far as deciding to save my marriage, deciding to work on my marriage, and deciding to show our kids what a good, healthy, and successful marriage looks like. Now, as far as what God wanted me to do about my marriage, I think that God wanted me to save my marriage because if you would have told me five years ago that I would be sitting here with you talking and speaking as a marriage coach, I would have said, you're crazy. There's no way because I, that just was not a vision at all. But I think that God had a plan for me and I am doing what I was called to do. And I feel very successful in my position to be able to use my story, work for this organization and and help others with their marriage. So there's Mm -hmm. my long winded answer. I love, I love that. Do you think that the stair step approach, like starting by dipping your toe in, in the marketing, but then seeing the, you know, through that process, the vision of how you could use your skill set and what God has called you to do to be a coach? Was that what? Yes. Dip your toe in? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I remember feeling like even in my marketing role, like I loved I I loved being kind of behind the scenes and, um, you know, just working, working on marriages, whether it's like the toolkits or podcasts or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. I was email behind the scenes. But then I also, I, you're right. It was like that stair step and dipping my toe in and then deciding I want something more like, or I want something different. I want to step in front and be customer facing. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite part of being a coach? Um, I love being able to, I love being able to offer hope to people. I love being able to be that person that just, that people need during their time of crisis for somebody to to listen and to to guide them because a lot of times when I people come my way they are in the middle of of crisis and they just need guidance they they need to know what is the first thing that I do just they want to be told tell me what to do and although I don't tell them what to do I coach them through on what to do by asking questions and things like that but um it is just being being there for them when they feel like they don't have anyone yeah what's the hardest part of being a coach the hardest thing about being a coach is is taking on um people's not necessarily people's problems, but I, it's, it's very hard for me to, um, at the end of my day to just shut it off and move on with my family life because I'm Mm -hmm. constantly thinking about them and thinking about, oh, I should send them them this resource or this article um, because I'm always thinking about it. And so I was just talking to Melody the other day about this and I have to find ways to shut it off Mm-hmm. Um, because I can find myself zoning out, even if my husband's talking to me and I'm zoning out thinking about someone else, um, or their situation, I do have to figure out how to shut that off and, you know, compartmentalize. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about a, and someone's experience coaching. So I would love for you to, to, use an example without, you know, giving away any identifying information. But when you first start talking with someone, 
and you said just a minute ago, they, you know, their life is in shambles. There is a crisis point. They would, they want to know what to do. And you said, you know, we don't tell them what to do, but we help coach them. Can you explain with an example of what that looks like? How do you coach them through uh, stabilizing, you know, not being so emotionally charged? And then what should they focus on? What does that look like? Yes. And so I would say that when I, one person comes to mind as you were, as you were asking that question, um, she was, I mean, immediately without even me kind of introducing myself or saying much at all, just in tears and could barely speak because she was so incredibly distraught in her situation. And so first and foremost, I want to make sure that I'm listening and just allowing allowing them to speak. And then I'll ask questions um, and try to guide them in a direction of, of let's, even though it does seem like so incredibly terrible, the situation you're in, let's, I try to see if I can guide them or steer them into some positivity. And what I loved about the specific conversation that I'm thinking of by the end of the call, like halfway through the call, she finally stopped crying. And then at the end of the call, we were laughing together. And Mm. the more that she shared with me, the more I was able to help her find the positives in the situation. Um, And I think that that's really hard for people to see. And so I love being able to point that out because they feel like there's not one positive thing. And I'll say, you know, but you mentioned that your husband called you to say goodnight. Isn't that positive? And then they're like, oh, you're right. Or, um, you know, you mentioned that your your husband stopped by to drop off some food for you. Isn't that positive? And so that's, I love to be able to steer the call in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. There was a, I was doing some question and answers yesterday and one person it's in a similar vein. I can't remember the exact question, but they were saying, you know, I've, I've been doing this. I've been standing for my marriage for eight months. Nothing is working. Every relationship in my life is better than it's ever been, except for the one with my wife. And I was like, let's reframe this. Like, that's huge. Yeah. That's a huge positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So way to go on that work. And it's so true. People need to see, they need to see some of that hope, some of that positivity, and it helps motivate them to keep going. Where do you utilize personally and as a coach with your clients, the pies as a framework to, to help people? uh, Well, how do you use it as a framework to help people? I use it and we, well, We describe it in the workshop and when we talk about the love path and when people fall off the love path and you always go back to the pies. And so oftentimes there are, and this, the same example, the, the woman that I was speaking of, um, that's kind of also how I steered the call was what is it that you can work on today? What are the things that you can control right now? And that is you. And so even in this crisis that you feel so lost and alone and broken, what are the things that you can do to start working on yourself? And so that's when I'll work the pies in and it will, will, you know, kind of just even go through, let's set some goals. Let's see where you're at now and let's see where you have room for improvement. And then we'll go from there. Have you seen yet 
that there's a common thread. And I don't know the, I really, this is not a leading question because <laughs> I don't know the answer to this. But have you seen with your clients that there's any kind of common thread of the kind of goals that they're wanting to work on? Um, I don't know that I, no, I don't know that I would say that there's a common thread. I might have to think about that for a second. That's a really good question. I think there probably is one. We'll need to think about that. Yeah, I would be, I'd be interested to, to see if, yeah. And especially, you know, from when someone starts coaching and kind of what their focus is at the start versus after a couple of sessions, if they're, if their goals change because they have become more, hopefully a little more emotionally stable. I, I don't know if you've seen that part of it either. Well, here's the thing is, as I think about that question, it, it honestly depends on at what point they're coming to me at what point in their marriage helper journey that they're coming to me. And mm -hmm. so if they're coming to me where they found marriage helper through a Google search and they, they go on the website and they book coaching they really don't have a foundation of much of anything other than a few videos that they've watched. And sure. so at that point, then I'm taking them on kind of that pie's journey. I'll have other clients that come to me post-workshop that already have that foundation and that knowledge. And so they've already been working on themselves and they have a clear understanding of pies. Makes all of the sense mm -hmm. in the world. So as you are encouraging people to, you know, focus on the things they can control, focus on themselves, where, where does that, what does that look like in a coaching relationship? Where are you encouraging them to start? What kinds of things are they doing that they're finding helpful? Different things like that. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And because, um, I'll first encourage them to go do your best self course or to do the art of attraction because there they'll be able to get the assessment. And I think that the mm -hmm. assessment is so eye-opening and mm -hmm. helpful and the perfect way to start working on your pies. Because I think a lot of times people get really overwhelmed. I'll, I'll do, I will have some clients that will say, I don't, I don't even know where to start. This sounds so overwhelming. All mm -hmm. four areas, I need to work on them all at one time. And, and I'll break it down. Let's just think, and I'll actually give them this homework. I want you to think about two to three areas in physical mm -hmm. and then two to three areas in intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, and then email them back to me, or we'll talk about it in our next session. That way we can kind of take it from there. Okay. So you want to, you want to, you know, start running or you want to lose 10 pounds. Well, then what does that look like? What are the steps that you're going to take in order to get to that, you know, the macro goal? And we'll talk about the micro goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. How, as you mentioned, as we kind of, kind of, as we started the conversation that one of the areas that can be hard about being a coach is taking on other people's pain and problems as your own, which is, a, I mean, a huge sign of empathy and compassion in an individual, but also just on a greater level, like that, that is, that's a lot of extra weight to carry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even for our listeners who, you know, they're probably not coaches, <laughs> but they probably are in different situations in their life where they're carrying the burdens of other people for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So how have you worked through that? And I know maybe you're even still working through it, but 
how did you identify that that's what was happening? And what are some of the conscious choices or, or decisions that you've made to healthily handle that kind of responsibility? Yes, that is such a good question. I will say how I identified that is um, my husband noticing in it in me, either by my mood or my facial expressions or just mm-hmm. even sharing with him like, oh, that was a really hard call. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm just feeling really sad and really heavy. And mm-hmm. so him recognizing it and then me being aware to say, okay, what are the things that I can do to kind of, it's almost like bringing your work home with you, even though I am home, I'm bringing it downstairs with me or in, you know, around me. And so one of the things that has really, really helped me is meditation Hmm. and a prayer. Oftentimes um, I'll just go into prayer and just say like, God, you know, pray for this, pray for these individuals, pray for these, for these people. And um, I, I'm, I can't carry the burden. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give this to you, God. And so those are the, um, yeah, the two biggest things. And also journaling, like I'll journal about how I feel about something or sometimes even my journals turn into prayers because um, I, it's just my way of releasing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about as you are working from home, you're a mom you are, again, in this helping profession, which can have its own heavy weight to it, as we've talked about. You're a wife on top of all of that. So just speaking in from that sense, I know that that's where a lot of our listeners fall as well. How mm-hmm. have you kept a healthy focus on your marriage? How have you focused to be a present mom? And how have you focused on yourself working on your own pies as you're juggling all of these things? Yeah. So, I mean, it is so important for me to, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot better of not carrying the emotions with me and, you know, but I ha- I have my ups and downs. I think a couple weeks ago it was, I, there were so many clients that were reaching out to me and I felt whether it was through text or email and I felt like I have to respond. And I found myself doing this as my husband's trying to have a conversation with me or as my kids are trying to have a conversation with me or in the middle of dinner at a restaurant. And I'm recognizing that I need to make sure that I'm prioritizing and that I'm basically living out what I'm sharing with other people to do, to be present in the moment and And even teaching people like your wife wants you to be present and listen to her. And so I have to remind myself of that. My husband and my kids want me to be present and listen. And so it's just balance, balancing it all and recognizing, you know what, I'm not going to get back to this client right now. I will do it later. Or, um, you know, just really focusing on the things that are important in that moment. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's one thing. And then as far as just the balance of, of the pies, I, and maybe this will segue into what you and I talked about before the call, but I have really struggled with balancing my pies over the last several, I would just say maybe 60 days because I had this like really good routine going and then 
something gets me out of routine and I'm like, how do I get back on? And so I've had to reframe and refocus and make sure that I'm prioritizing what's important to me. And just like I share with my clients, if I don't show up for myself, I'm not going to show up for my husband, for my kids or my clients. Like I want to be so incredibly present during that time and that moment that I have with them. And so I have to first and foremost, prioritize what's important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, knowing, so knowing you just over the past couple of years, I know that you're a person who has put a lot of focus on, on your pies. Like you have routines, you and I have talked about it before you do the the pie stacking and the habit stacking. And that's just the kind of person you are. And, um, and so I can imagine that, especially for someone who is in such a routine with your pies and with in such habits that when something has like offset that routine, or even when, um, like if you get into a funk, which you, which we can kind of talk about, how did that, well, the first question I want to ask you is when you, when you, when your pies journey started looking different than what it had looked like, what was the thought process that you had? Like, did you start by having a negative self-talk, like guilting or feeling shame of like, I'm not doing what I used to do? Or do you feel like you handled that, that season with grace and mercy towards yourself of like, Hey, I've been out of my routine, but it's okay. What, what was your real time experience with that? Most recently I did not handle it with mercy and grace. And so in the beginning of the year, I set off to do 75 hard mm -hmm. and I had planned. And for those of you that don't know what 75 hard is, it's 75 days of, um, two 45 minute workouts a day. One has to be outside the, you drink, um, a gallon of water, you read, I think it's 10 to 15 or 10 pages a day and then no alcohol and eating, you know, a healthy diet. And so before I started this, I was so intentional about even when I had decided this around Christmas time, I had written in my journal, okay, here's how I'm going to do this. I'm going to plan this out. I mean, I even went as far as planning out my calls during the day to fit in my two 45 minute workouts, one in the morning and one at night. And so I wasn't mm -hmm. taking calls first thing in the morning or late at night because I wanted to make sure I got outside before it got dark. And so mm -hmm. I... I felt like I had made such good efforts in, in planning this all out. So I got about 30 days in and I felt like I was doing really well. Um, even going to the gym with you, Kimberly at evolve, I, I loved it. And I felt like I was getting into a really good rhythm. And then, <laughs> and then after 30 days, um, went to the doctor and just struggling with my hormones. And I mean, just one thing right after the other. And so that is what derailed me. And so I, I definitely did. I got into a funk where, and I wasn't giving myself grace or mercy. I was really hard on myself. And then I'm like, I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm done doing this. Mm -hmm. And I'll try again later. And so I'm just now coming out of that, but I'm having to now that I'm coming out of it, I am giving myself grace because I'm reevaluating. I am not 30 years old anymore. 
I am not, I cannot be in the same, I am not in the same body that I was 15 years ago when I was really fit and working out every single day, three times a day, eating the way I did. I'm just in a different period of my life. And so recognizing that I am in a different season, I do have to accept that. And that is what I'm working through. And so I am reevaluating. And even yesterday, pen and paper, I'm gonna reevaluate my schedule in the morning, my pies, and I'm working, I'm doing things differently. And so um, working it to make sure that it's, it works for me, it works for my family, and that I am able to prioritize in a different way. And you know what? Just accepting of where I'm at and, and putting a plan in place and moving forward. I love that. That is the lived experience of what we talk about in the pies when we say for your age and situation in life. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not even it's not comparing ourselves to others and and it's not comparing us to our old selves. Because yeah. as we as we go into the later stages of our lives, there are things that change and they make such a huge difference. Um, hormones are such a huge one, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we can really recalibrate that thinking into thinking more about longevity instead of just like in the moment either how I feel or how I look or anything like that. Um, I've been doing a lot of listening on longevity recently. So that's why I'm like, it's my new kick. I'm like, it's all about longevity and not, and not getting this, you know, my heart rate super high every single day. Like that's actually worse for longevity. Anyway, all of those things, but that is like, that's such a, a beautiful depiction and your real experience of what it looks like to, to have grace for yourself for our age and situation in life and really what is our ultimate our ultimate goal you know to be present with your your kids your husband to to fill up your own tank so that you can give to others well we can we can talk we can figure out all kinds of different ways to work on your pies that help get to those kinds of end goals so thank you for sharing that sonia yeah of course what about for the person who is listening to this and they are in a funk right now where they're like, I don't have the motivation to work on myself. I'm not super happy in my relationships, but I don't really know what to do. What would be some of your encouragement for them? So I love this question. And my answer is coming from someone else when I heard, um, I heard in a different podcast, but when, when you don't know what to do for yourself, do for others. And I think that that is so incredibly beautiful. And I think that it will help you gain perspective and be able to even just look inward when you serve other people. So go volunteer, go to your local food pantry, do something to serve somebody else when you don't know how to serve yourself. I love that too. I wrote it down to include for everyone as a key takeaway from this episode. So when you don't know what to do for yourself, do for others. That's fantastic. Well, Sonia, where can people find more about you? If they want to coach with you, where can they find out that information? Tell us all the things. Yes. So first and foremost, um, go to marriagehelper.com, go to coaching, find my bio, and you can book a session with me there. If you are already in the Marriage Helper community and want to learn more about me, I do have an interview that I did with Gemma last, late last year, and you can find that within the Marriage Helper community. 
And then aside from that, you can follow me on Instagram at Sonia Thalman. Um, I, you know, just post about marriage stuff and relationships and just taking care of yourself, all things pies. So yeah. Fantastic. We'll include those links too for everyone so that they can get they can follow all the links to find you and to find your coaching page at marriage helper as well. Well, Sonia, it is a joy to know you and to work with you. And I am really, really for everything you shared today, even about your current struggles, this is what people need to hear. They need to hear that we, that we are real people and that real people, even the people who do this stuff can still struggle with it, but we have to get our mind right and, and really work intentionally to get out of those funks when we have them. Um, not because of shame or guilt, but because we know it's, what's going to put us back on the right path and, and practicing what we preach. And so I appreciate you being vulnerable and transparent about that. And I know that the listeners are going to get encouragement from that as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. I really enjoyed this conversation. 